Welcome to the Geek-Centric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for Star Wars Ahsoka. Take us out, Padawan. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Star Wars Ahsoka Part 2, titled Toil and Trouble, directed by Steph Green. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way, way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general, so if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, be sure to do so, and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we all get haircuts, let me introduce you to my Rebel crew joining me today. First up, he is no Jedi. He's Justin, the Lothcat Lawrence. I feel like the no uh, haircut remark is for us to call out the fact that you did get a haircut. Because it Do you like, like it? Hair <laughs> is, is much shorter, yes. Thank it's, you. Yeah, I was inspired. I was inspired by this episode. Nice. Um, I didn't go so far as to like put a bunch of colors in there but we'll 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 talk about that in a second because docking down (laughs) docking (laughs) down declaring droid in dank pendants he's darcy the dank dathomirian hudson i I never get tired of that i like hearing it (laughs) (laughs) um now in this episode like we were justin was just talking about um sabine gets a haircut i got a haircut i didn't dye my hair like i was saying but she's got very colorful Colorful hair, color, color. I can't even speak today. Um, now, you know, currently none of us. I know this is an audio format, so it, it's kind of dumb to talk about things that people can't see. But none of us have our hair dyed. Uh, Darcy, I have a feeling you have. Have do you guys have any I hair like dye you're stories? You have a feeling. You you met me when I had colored. Did hair. you? Yes. You had co- okay. I, you did you have blue? I think or yeah, I had blue, purple, pink, green. <laughs> I've had all the colors under the rainbow at one point. Right, it's not like it's a recent thing. I every now and then I'm like, you know what, my hair needs to be brighter, not just big, brighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's big enough. I think yeah, just go yeah. go go for the the color after this. Do you think you're ever gonna put more color into it now that you've you've seen Sabine's hair? <laughs> I mean, maybe not because of Sabine, but I definitely <laughs> am thinking of it again. That's oh. just something that's always on my mind. I like color okay. and. My hair is one place where I can add that color. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. A nice tease. Justin, how about yourself? Do you ever have a, a cool hair hair dye job? No, I never. No, I no, never? I could. Yeah. Like I once, once upon a time, yeah. thought about bleaching my hair, like just going like bleached hair. Uh, yeah, with the black eyebrows, but the bleached hair. Right, exactly. And I was Dope. like, Mm-mm, can't do that. Uh, you know, and then if you bleach your eyebrows, you look like Thor from the first movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awful bleached, bleached Horrible eyebrows, bleached so. eyebrows. I'm so um, glad they changed that. So yeah, I've never, I've actually never done that. I, I, I don't think that I personally would do it for myself, uh, yeah. but nothing nothing against it but I just the only know. the only time i've i've dyed my hair um you get frosted tips you seem like a frosted tips kind of guy dude you're so close you're so close with frosted Dang. tips but it's a little almost like a combination of what you just described and darcy in that i was i think i was 12 or 13 i got like the straight up uh boy band spiked blonde hair but then i did blue tips and i thought i was the coolest looking kid before four on yeah, the that's planet the dude. style yeah it was Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, so my good. first hair dye experience is also similar where I had the frosted tips, but then not yeah. long after that, Halloween yeah. was coming up and I'm, I was going to be a mad scientist. Okay. And I, my mom's like, 
You want green hair? Fine. You can have green hair. Deal with that for the next three months. And <laughs> I loved it. So there you go. She started something bad. Kevin had a lot of frosted tips. Oh, and, yes. Oh, Kevin yeah. was very and, much rocking that boy band style. Yeah, he was. He wanted to be the sixth <laughs> member of the Backstreet Boys for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. K-Hud. <laughs> oh man! Oh, we might have to bring that up on a future watch club with him. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think the yeah the green hair maybe uh, you know looking doing a bit of a Jason Sandula uh, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, listen, this episode uh, of you know this is part two. Um, hopefully, you've already watched part one. You know by this point, obviously, we are full spoilers. Um, and I will say this episode is a bit shorter than part one, but it is so juicy. Uh, so we got to get we got to get into it. I'm stoked to get into it. I do want to quickly pause and just remind you listening uh, that here at Geekcentric, we support the WGA and SAG-AFTRA as they strike to get the contract they deserve. Um, because without incredible writers and actors, we wouldn't get the wonderful stories like the ones from a galaxy far, far away that we love so, so much, and, and especially uh, this series. So if you want to support the actors and writers of the things that we love, you can do so by checking out the links in our description. Uh, but guys, if you're ready, let's get into part two, uh, titled Toil and Trouble. Uh, and uh, just for the reference, the first moments cutting back and forth between Ahsoka, then to Balin, Shin, and Morgan, I've, I have reorganized just slightly, just for the purpose of this discussion. Um, it'll all make sense as we go through. Uh, also, did you guys catch that they added Merrick, uh, Huyang, Chopper, and Sabine uh, to the logo treatment? Did you guys see that? Mm. It's, mm-hmm. that's, I love it when they, it's just the best when they add them to there. And I'm just like, oh, there they are. Uh, anyways, we kick off this episode. Uh, I'm assuming what seems like the morning after part one's conclusion, after we see Ahsoka, um, kind of, or after what we saw with Sabine, uh, we see Ahsoka looking out at the city of Lafal, uh, and we hear the voices of Sabine, Ezra, uh, Ahsoka herself, and Shin Hati, almost as if Sabine is having a nightmare of what happened uh, the night before. Ahsoka wakes Sabine and she tells her that her droids, uh, that tells her that droids took the map just before she unlocked it. Uh, she describes it had two galaxies and a pathway between them, uh, but that's all she had time to see. Ahsoka leaves pretty upset and makes her way to uh, to see what else she can recover from Sabine's quarters. While she's there, she obviously encounters Sabine's Lothcat, uh, a hologram of Ezra from the video that Sabine was watching, and then a sneak attack from an HK droid, an HK assassin droid, uh, which she easily takes out. Having recovered the head of the droid, Sabine says she can access its memory core to find out where it came from. But if she gets the power level wrong, well, the head could explode. Uh, Ahsoka approves, and Sabine discovers that the droid came to Lothal from Corellia. Ahsoka and Hera decide to head to Corellia to investigate an old disassembly plant uh, once owned and operated by Morgan Elsbeth. Uh, and we, we also get a moment with Hera comforting Sabine uh, and her insecurities around her relationship with Ahsoka. So, before we continue, uh, Ahsoka seemed to be pretty unfazed by the mention of two galaxies. She kind of leans in when she hears that. Uh, Darcy, how much do you think she already knows and, and might be anticipating in terms of what's to come? Well, I mean, she we know there are other galaxies, so I feel like everyone in Star Wars also accepts the fact that there are other galaxies. What I feel like more is happening here is the fact that this map lead that she's following at this point in the story is, is not her first lead. She was probably tracking mm. you know, Pergil's migration routes or whatever, or, or trying to study about how they work or where they go. And maybe that led to the fact that they are, are galaxy hoppers. So 
maybe that was again the, this is this is the clue that will lead them to where Thrawn and Ezra are or whatever. Yeah. But correct me if I'm not wrong though, like in in World Between Worlds, is she not sort of like saved from this sort of interdimensional like outer outside galactical experience? And not only that, like didn't she she went to Mortis? She's seen what lies I think beyond. So I I think it's 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 not uh, she's she's leaning into it because she's interested in, and she knows that 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 she's on the right path. I think she's she's very confident in knowing uh, there is something beyond the galaxy that they're you know that they currently exist in that that allows for a different experience of of time altogether. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean that was the episode where like they were time traveling using the mm-hmm. force. So that that's I feel like that is almost separate from this because this looked like it was very much a physical like. Oh, it's a physical... Uh, ch- yeah, no, for sure. Wormhole yeah. through reality. And that's yeah. maybe where it's interesting because like, like the Lothwills were connected to this world between worlds. Maybe the Pergils are connected to this like super hyperspace pass- pathway or whatever that you take to get go from galaxy to galaxy, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, well, the etchings of the map in itself, I know we, we haven't really gotten there, but you know they all speak to you know world beyond worlds and, and what mm-hmm. we see on Mortis. You know, even on Mortis, there's actually etchings of wolves in the sky mm-hmm. at certain points when Anakin is wielding the Force, and you see the same sort of starry pattern that we see in the episode here with the map. So, and you know, the the idea that around where where it's pointing, there's just Purgles floating. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it is the Purgles' home. It's where they reside. It's where they kind of nest, if you will, right? And this is pointing them in that direction for that. Well, and I I think it <clears throat> to me her being so invested in all of this absolutely she's she's trying to get to Thrawn she says she's trying to prevent another war but at the same time I think there's definitely additional aspects to it I think um you know trying to stop another war she seems and they've really hammered it home in these first two episodes that she seems really connected with the force there are so many moments where she's like sensing things in the force and and I'm just wondering daughter man but no, no, no. I, it, well, yeah, we want to go down the Mortis train, uh, Mor- Mortis Fisto. Um, but, but no, I think I, I was kind of getting the, the idea that, yes, she wants to stop another war. And we're all thinking Thrawn. She's thinking Anakin. She's thinking of, of what's to come with Vader. And so I feel like maybe she, you know, wants to try to change things in the past because she now knows that that is something that can actually happen. I'm just wondering if, if you know, because we, we see so much of Sabine wanting to correct what, you know, her, her, the mistakes in the past with, with, with Ezra and losing Ezra, and, and she's so focused on that. I just wonder if they're going to draw a parallel with Ahsoka wanting to change the past to not lose Anakin to the dark side. You, you had me up until you said that. Though, because, <laughs> yeah. uh, again, reading the more recent series of the High Republic, yeah. there is, you're, we're introduced to another class of Jedi called the Wayseeker. And all okay. they do is go out and listen to the Force and find new civilizations and, and new new people to to inca- interact with and just uh, kind of remember their experience and their culture and stuff like that. That was all about what these people were, which mm. was very much like what I feel like Ahsoka is doing at this point, where sure. she's just going where the, the Force takes her, where she's mm. needed and where, where she can make an impact in some small way or some massive way. And I don't see the Force guiding her to this path if she's only going to go and try and change the past. Because that... In any storyline, that's where stuff goes really wrong. <laughs> right, but I'm wondering if she's, if she, you know, we talked about last week that she's, she's flawed, and I think she's very much a gray Jedi. Does she is, is she really thinking of the 
overall moral ramifications of something like this change? Like, does she does she almost anticipate that the the good would outweigh the bad in this instance in particular? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I think you're. I think Darcy's right. I don't know if that's her intentions. Obviously, with uh, with with seeking this this power, but you know, I think it's a call out for. I think that's more of a call out for Balin. I think there's intentions there that you know mm. s- that seem more about you know uh, personal uh, personal sort of reasons as okay. to why he wants to to tap into it. I do think that she's trying to find a way to obviously maybe stop a war because she foresees it. You know, like the whole idea of the scene when she's in the hospital with Sabine and she can hear Sabine's nightmare, just like we we did in the past episode in in part one when she's sleeping Mm -hmm. and you know ahsoka arrives it's their connection to the force and i think that that might have been part of the reason why um uh, ahsoka decided to walk away from sabine she sent so much grief she sent so much anger she sent so much unresolve and Mm. that is 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 things that she probably to a certain degree recognized in anakin Mm -hmm. and never 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 uh, confronted with him, never talked to him about it, never thing, and you know she walked actually, away from him when she probably should have stayed, shouldn't have done it yeah. exactly. So, so she's 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 you know, I don't know. It, she might be repeating the same mistakes, and that might be part of her journey and understanding her grief and how she's coping with this. But I do think her intentions are to to stop Thrawn. I think she's like you said, she's very dialed into the Force. She's a uh, as you said, uh, way seeker, a way seeker, Darcy. I think she's absolutely a way seeker, and I think the force is speaking to her, and she knows Thrawn is is beyond that. Do you know mm. what I mean? For sure, for sure. Um, I do also want to uh, call out uh, Hera in this moment, uh, Darcy. Last, you know, in the previous episode, in part one. Uh, of our watch club, you were calling her out for not mentioning her only child at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were kind of like, oh, she's not being the, the best mom in that instance. But uh, here she's definitely being a great mom, I think, with lines like, you know, you did good and, and you need to help each other get some rest. I think it just shows how much she really is the the leader of this uh, now disjointed family. family. Um, yeah. And so I really like that they kind Broken, of they yeah. kind of adjusted that. Um, mm-hmm. for her character in this episode. And um, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's again, I'm, I'm hoping we get to see more of that, that quality within her uh, kind of shine, which I think. But it's, again, we will, but it's an Ahsoka, it's, it's a show about Ahsoka, right? So, for sure. you know, already in this instance, we get to, again, see that sort of love and care from, from Hera that is so like, uh, so palpable from, from Mary Elizabeth's performance. It's, it's mm-hmm. absolutely endearing, so. Totally, Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead, right? That's it. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Also, when people say palpable, I can't stop but think Palpatine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Palpable. Uh, Palpatineable. But uh, on a let's keep going here on a a gray planet called Cetos, Balin and Shin locate the reflex point as they place the unlocked map on a pedestal in the middle of a stone structure. Uh, They call in Morgan, and Balin mentions that the structure was not built by the Jedi and asks Morgan whose work it is. Uh, And she responds by telling him it was built by, quote, an ancient people in a distant galaxy. Uh, She then asks him if he'd like to see it. Uh, She proceeds to use her magic, the very green uh, magic that we know of the Night Sisters, to open the map, which projects out their galaxy with a pathway to another uh, the pathway to Peridia once thought to be a Jedi youngling fairy tale is now uh, a reality laid out in front of them Morgan says Thrawn calls to her 
quote, across time and space. Uh, while Balin is doubtful, Morgan tells him the threads of fate do not lie uh, and that the Eye of Sion is on its way. Uh, Balin assures her that Merrick will complete his task. Uh, and as Shin questions what's next for both of them, Balin promises her power like she's never believed. So let's let's dig into this. This is probably going to be the the most that we're going to talk on this watch club, I think, or on this episode. Uh, what does this all mean? Who who are the ancient people uh, that Morgan is talking about? Uh, and what do you believe Balin, Shin, and Merrick have to gain from all this? Uh, feel free to answer any of those. I mean, I think it all boils down to new ways to for- interact with the force and, and mm-hmm. new belief systems based around this this power that is across everything. Because clearly, the Night Sisters are, are ancestors of some race that are were galaxy hopping, you know, magicians or, or witches or whatever, what have you. Because the, she said the, the fact that she didn't say the Night Sisters built it, but an ancient peoples means that this is something that even was before the Night Sisters has been yeah. around forever. Whoa. So yeah. that's why I think it's it's probably one line. Yeah. One yeah, line it, rewrites rewrites all of Star Wars history in a sense. Like it's <laughs> mm-hmm. it's pretty wild to think about, right? Oh, for sure. And I think that's why, like you can think back to it, like that's probably why Balin is so in, intrigued because going back to this almost the root of some of this this power that he's been introduced to, what secrets can you learn and how, how much more will you become connected to this force and this power through another, you know, civilization's thousands of years of study or whatever. I think that again, it all comes down to power and the fact that their lightsabers are more of an orangey red definitely leads to this whole greed factor thing because orange is associated with greed and, and they are constantly hungering for more knowledge or power just to become greater than they are now, I think. And that's so cool. Interesting. Well, well like, so I did a little sleuthing and there is a Darth Scion and the Eye of Scion could be a way of somehow linking into that i think this is wasn't wasn't the eye of Sion just the ship the giant ship at the yes, end yes the eye of yes this it's uh but bleeding into get to connecting mm. to to okay. like why uh, is it called Sion? why is it called Sion? right exactly okay, cool, cool, right cool, cool. and because he on the same page <laughs> yeah no for sure and um yeah because like i i was surprised because i obviously they sh- like this whole scene is just dropped with with like coined terms like path of per- per- perdia peridia Peridia, which I'm pretty sure, like it sounds like Peridia sounds Latin for period, so mm-hmm. it seems like a time path or some sort of like idea of like time traveling in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, uh, Eye of Sion, I, I I looked it up and there was this character called Darsine, and, and sure enough, people are already online as since Episode Two's drop talking about the connection between Whoa. this ship called the Eye of Sion and and a Sith Lord from um, Knights of the Old Republic, Lord of Darth Pain, Sion. Lord of Pain, yes. Whoa. Yeah, so... Uh, and he's I don't, missing an eye. And he's missing an eye, exactly. So I don't know if it's just the idea, again, like maybe to your point, Darcy, they are rooting it in a history that is so uh, pre-our galaxy um, that is, you know what I mean? Like that has has a sense of, of um, uh, sort of mythological mm-hmm. roots that they're kind of just leaning into some of this terminology. Maybe we never actually do see uh, this this character named uh, uh, Darth Sion, but instead it's it's sort of acting on his will, kind of like the brother, right? Like from from the Mortis family. I think, you know, in a lot of ways. Now I watched those episodes recently, uh, just those three, and it's really interesting how they are set up in a lot of ways to kind of talk about the Force really living through them, and everything outside of them and where they live in Mortis 
is sort of the balance of it, right? And mm. their balance causes the imbalance outside in the real world. And that's why, you know, that story seems so extremely uh, spiritual and yet extremely poetic with, with everything else we, we've mm-hmm. come to know about uh, the, the Force. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, with the arrival of, of Thrawn, um, you know, in now, you know, in canon since Rebels, it's just one of those things where it's like Filoni loves, you know, legends. I think there was a line that Ahsoka, I think, says, I think it's in Rebels. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure she's older when she says it. But she says something about like, you know, there there's truth in legends or something like that. I can't quite remember the exact quote. Um, but it's just kind of like a wink, wink, nudge, you know, nudge, nudge to the the audience to sort of say like, hey, this stuff that's in these books that Disney said isn't canon can still be canon. Well, the fact that even Morgan herself says another kind of a riff on that in this episode where right. like Balin's like, oh, that was just a, a, a fairy tale told of the je- a temple. She's like a fairy tale based on truths. It's yes. Like, yeah. That's the like all these the, the history threads that of, we're threads are, of truth or something. Never yeah, lie. Like they're. Oh, I love it. I love how they're building up to this this greater aspect that, again, I feel like while we're also building toward while we're building towards Filoni's movie, we're also almost kind of getting hints dropped for that uh, James Mangold movie about the dawn of the Jedi and the dawn oh, of the Force, yeah, which dude. I think is really cool. The fact that we're I'm now talking about two separate movies that are on the horizon from this one episode. So like yeah. he clearly has the, the greater picture in mind when 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 writing some of the stuff. That's huge. Yeah. And I mean, in my mind, I think the path to Pridia. Um, I think the world between worlds is is a location on that path. I think um, the symbols, you know, on the map. When you go back and watch that Rebels episode, like you've been doing, Justin, it's like they the visual language perfectly matches up with everything we see in this episode. Yeah. I loved seeing the Purgles as glyphs uh, around yeah. the ring, mm-hmm. um, almost in a sense of like you were saying, Darcy, like maybe they're migrating, uh, and this is part of their migration path. Uh, and I just want to shout out. Uh, you know, Kevin Kiner for the music, but also he must have been working with the sound designers in this moment because the the moment when when um, Balin when they sort of the first uh, section when they actually put the map on the pedestal, you hear like he looks up and you hear like whale sounds, like Purgle whale whale sounds, and I'm just like, I just love when Star Wars gives those subtle audio based Easter eggs where I'm just like, I know that that's music, but it's also I don't know, I love it. I still can't decide. I watched back one point when he's looking up at the sky there. Aren't, don't we see purgles in the clouds? Like, there are dark shapes moving in the clouds above really? him as he's talking about it. Yeah, like, when you hear those whale I sounds. I can watch it now. <laughs> like, I, I watched it three times, and I still can't decide if I saw it or if I was just making it up because I wanted to see it. Like, <laughs> it could be It could too. be something very elusive, though. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they they kind of sprinkled something in like that. But, yeah. you know, I think, again, it's it's there's going to be there's going to be something more than just time travel that that we're being introduced to here and i think it's already been alluded to in episodes like the the three part from clone wars with with focus on mortis and yeah. the episode from rebels uh world between worlds uh very much sort of uh already setting the groundwork for what we're going to see and what is possible uh, outside of this galaxy, and I think Purgles are definitely the gateway, uh, as we as we've dubbed. We they're the gateway. So who knows what lies beyond that? Um, because if if you really go back and watch Mortis, it is a weird episode. Those three episodes play more like a a, a horror soap opera. Mm-hmm, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's just such great little tidbits 
in it that really do allude to you know, such a, a symbolism that we've already seen through Star Wars. Like, even the fact that you have Darth Vader, the father, and two kids, a daughter and a son. Uh, mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and they were very much a replica of the father, daughter, son uh, uh, mashup. And, and the idea that this, the son had to sort of avoid the dark side, right? So he's he's doing all of this very instinctually and very much on the idea of there's something more. That is more important than what we've what we've known, and I'm, I'm I'm excited. At least I don't know. Maybe I'm building it up too much. Am I building it up too much? No, uh, I, I don't think so. That's what we do as as, as geeks. That's what we have to do. On yeah. Am I like am I like like Mephistoing the shit out of this right now? Like, <laughs> Mortis I, I don't know. Morning, Mortis But it's just it's really great to think that like some of the most outstanding, most like and for lack of better words, oddball episodes from a very conventional animated show both dealing with similar topics there's 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 reason to that i think right yeah um i i, I also want to just quickly mention in terms of because i asked the question of like what do balin shin and merrick have to gain from all this i i think um i think they're absolutely being used as pawns and they just don't know it yet i think um balin even says in this moment that i feel the path forward is clouded and i think it's it's clouded because i think um, it's clearly not clouded for Morgan Elsbeth. And I think I think she's using them. And I think as soon as they're disposable, I think she's going to get rid of them. But I also feel like for Morgan, I think Thrawn is absolutely using her and uh, making uh, yeah. promises to her that, that, you know, maybe she'll get to see or embrace her culture again or, or, or she'll, you know, she'll be, you know, you, will, you were never a full night sister. Now I will make you a full, whatever it is, uh, I, I think, that she's absolutely disposable as well in all this, uh, and that it's very much an emperor situation that we've got going on with with Thrawn, with Thrawn. as the emperor. Yeah, like as in that in that position for sure. Sure, he's yeah, playing all he... the parts. It's 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 chess chess. Thrawn doesn't like disposable though. No, like that's he... not Thrawn's thing. He's all about utilizing people for their strengths and forever and using though? them. Yes. Oh, okay. He sends, he That's sends why he has such a long that, relationship, though. With yeah, like with the Morgan. whole his whole story in the books, like the reintroduction of his story, is about his relationship with this ensign he enters the academy with a human male, or whatever, who's just only good thing is that he understands how to you know manipulate shipping manifestos or whatever, mm-hmm. and he ends up rising through the ranks with uh, Thrawn to the point where Thrawn sends him back to the Chiss Ascendancy to be like, "You're going to be my go-to guy between my people and who I am now." It's like. Mm. He would not. Thrawn isn't the type of person to build a relationship with someone just to cast him by the wayside. Okay, that's okay. Ne- that's never been his mo. I mean, you know, space and time can change a person. You know, you spend yeah, enough time with those so. pergles, go yeah, a little maybe. insane. Maybe we're getting an unhinged Thrawn. I don't know. I don't know. That that that's interesting. I, I wonder though. To like, I think you're you're on the right page though to say that. Um, you know, Morgan is using is using Balin and 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 and, and Shinhati and and uh, uh and Merrick as well. Um but I, I think that Balin is very much using Morgan. Right? 100%. And, I was going to say and, that too. And mm. there's 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 in, there's intention here. Like he says like ultimate power, like power, right? Mm-hmm. Like like I think he says not ultimate power. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's power like you could not believe. Yeah. Power like you could not believe. And mm-hmm. again that that alludes to this idea of, you know, you called it out last week like the the symbolism between the three of them being very similar to that of you know the father daughter and and son but yeah. we, you know Merrick, we don't know they refer to as they so. on starwars.com it says they so but they they say said he. he yep absolutely Balin and Shin have said hey yeah he, i just so. i feel like that i don't know 
We'll see. We'll see. We'll get to. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Sure, the we'll get to that. Of, but but anyways, just on yeah. that, I, I just think that like the the idea that um, there's still a politics that's going on in this whole situation. Yeah, and I think they are mutually beneficial to one another, Morgan and Balin, and and they're exploiting that. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who ends out who ends up coming out on top in terms of you know getting the upper hand. Interesting. Because it's very Game of Thrones, right? Like mm-hmm. in very the sense Game of, of like one of one of them is going to die. Ooh. Okay, uh, let's keep going here then. Uh, on Corellia, Ahsoka and Hera meet with Min Weaver, uh, the regional supervisor. <laughs> Just such a funny, like, I'm the regional supervisor uh, of a He's a regional supervisor kind of guy. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah that, actor that actor nailed that performance. <laughs> He's from House. Isn't he from House, that guy? I think so, yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. <laughs> um, the regional supervisor of the disassembly plant. Hera pulls rank and forces Min to give them a tour of the facility. Uh, during the tour, Hera asks Ahsoka to consider taking Sabine back on as her apprentice, but Ahsoka says she's not ready. Meanwhile, back at the medical bay on Lothal, Sabine wakes up and Hu Yang is impressed that she still has her lightsaber. He suggests she starts training again. He tells, her, uh, he tells Sabine that the past is the past and that she should move forward, but Sabine compares her capabilities to the, uh, in the Force to Ezra and doubts Ahsoka's interest in even taking her back. Hu Yang tells her the only time she she's wasting uh, is her own and hands her her lightsaber. So, Justin, what are your thoughts on Sabine claiming Ezra's lightsaber uh, and the consistent comparisons she keeps, you know, sort of having of herself uh, to Ezra? Well, I think the the, the idea of uh, the comparison between her and Ezra is, you know, she felt she felt a very familial connection to to Ezra. Yeah, uh, that was, you know, like the kid brother. Uh, mentality, and I think she feels entirely responsible for why he's gone. Mm. Um, I think part of the reason why she's um, she's not able to fully let go is because she is still clinging on to things, memories, objects like Ezra's lightsaber as a means to to sort of uh, uh, keep herself going, if yeah. you will. But I think at the end of the time, at the end of the day, it's it's not helping her. No. Um, I, I think there's a sense of that tradition, obviously, as well, that goes into, you know, building a lightsaber that might have been passed on to you. And, and you know, Sabine is, is Mandalorian. That is important to her. It, it, it has the, 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 it wears the war and where it came from. Mm. Uh, her armor uh, is, is a symbol of that. And I think the lightsaber, obviously, she's kind of bringing that in uh, to, to her sort of belief of, of why she, she can own or take, take, take hold of Ezra's lightsaber. Um, but again, there's, this is another moment where we're getting these little hints of, of a past that we, we don't get to see, which is, is nice. Like, I don't, I don't think we need flashbacks. We don't need flashbacks. You know what I mean? Like at this point, I don't think we, we, we really should have them unless they're very relevant. Like I would totally go for a flashback, like, uh, Ahsoka and, uh, um, Anakin, I think that that that's deserving and that's warranted. Mm-hmm. But the things with Sabine and and, um, and and Ahsoka, I think we can we can resolve some of that through dialogue and, and how things are kind of handled here and how things are are sort of hinted at. I think giving us a flashback might just answer all those questions. Whereas I think again, the idea of like Star Wars, you know, before we got the prequels was. You know the the story of Darth Vader and and Obi Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker and where they came from. It all came from this idea of what we didn't know beforehand. It's we were in this story, right? Yeah, but at that point, it wasn't as integral to the story. We were on a new adventure, and that none of sure. the past was bogging that down. Whereas this seems 
Like, if we're only going to get it through dialogue and exponential dumps, like, I got to say that Hera interaction while they're on the tour felt so out of place. They're they're touring a, a, yeah. a facility, they're on a mission that might be still have Imperial remnants and loyalists about, and they're talking about some very personal social It's true. That is true. Commentary. I agree it's with just, you it's there. Like it, yeah. it feels very out of place. And it was that's a bit how we're going to get this past... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to be while a fan they're of while it. they're like, while they're like in f- between moments of like exactly doing and just filling in. I was like, I oh, agree. so remember this yeah. time you had? I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. To me, I feel like a flashback could deal with this that telling that story a bit better uh, compared to what we've got so and far. Quicker. So yeah, yes, well, exactly. Yeah. I think I think the idea too is that it would it would be quicker, but I don't know. I kind of enjoy the 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 sort of the little bits. I think the moment with Hu Yang and and Sabine very much feels more like a properly placed moment where we get to yes. identify that and we get to have this emotional connection mm-hmm. with what we haven't seen but understand what how what it weighs on Sabine and then to your point an oddly placed moment that feels like it's just not an appropriate time to be talking about something that uh is is very personal it's obviously very uh, you know uh, close to both of them because they're 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 obviously look at Sabine as sort of a sister student you know kind of relationship daughter whatever you want to call it so uh, I think that again it's just another example of how to your point if if they're going to do expositional jumps dumps like this then it needs to be better placed like the yes the, the Sabine yes one, yeah so. don't don't do an ex- expositional jump while you're taking an expositional dump it gets really <laughs> messy yeah. yeah it is a jump i guess it is. um i wanted to mention like the modifications to ezra's lightsaber i think mean two things uh one it gives disney the opportunity to sell jerks like darcy and i uh the same saber over again with sabine's name on it <laughs> I'm now questioning whether the Ezra's lightsaber coming later this year is going yeah. to be the actual one or now Sabine's. Is and it going to be now? The, did she just get tired of take, putting it together and like permanently affix the two pieces together? Right. Like, Fuck it. I'm just, this, save some time. It's always together. <laughs> it's just, this is how it is. Um, but I think it also shows us, like you were saying, Justin, Ezra was so important to Sabine. He became so much a part of her life and still is uh, for better or for worse. Uh, and I think... I think the saber modifications, especially the fact that they're mentioned by Hu Yang, is is a a lesson in a way. It's 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 Hu Yang sort of saying this is the perfect symbol uh, for for what I'm trying to tell you. The past is the past. This is Ezra's lightsaber, but now it's time to make those modifications necessary to move forward and claim your own spot uh, in this universe. You you don't need to compare yourself to him uh, and just. Shout out to Hu Yang for being an incredible teacher and mentor after all these years out of the game. Like, he hasn't had to do that for such a long time, I'm assuming. Yeah, and the fact that, again, he was all about building their lightsabers being a rite of passage for a Jedi. And the fact that he is so quick to be like, all, you've, you've, you've grown intimate with this weapon. You've made your own modifications. You've made it your He's own. so wise. That's all it yeah. takes for you to, to become connected to this item. So, yeah. he is, yeah. I love Hu Yang. He's great. Yeah, he's he's incredibly wise, and I think it does have a lot to do with the nature of the work that he's done, mm-hmm. right? Like working with lightsabers, understanding the importance of the weapon, and younglings. The importance. Well, that's what I mean. Right? Understanding the importance to the younglings and and the, the stu- and the padawans as they as they as as you pointed out as she as he is talking with Sabine, like helps them figure out their shit yeah. know, more or less, right? And mm-hmm. that's and that seems like what Hu Yang's doing in this moment for. For it's a really nice moment. I really, I really enjoyed it. And I love his Hu Yangisms. I think uh, when Sabine says, "I forgot how annoying you are," he's like, "Logical," uh, yeah. <laughs> and like, or he calls Sabine's recovery repairs because yeah, he's a that droid. Was a great little moment. Yep. Yeah. So I like, I like the, I like the one when, uh, 
when Sabine's like, oh, yeah, like it could blow up. And, and she's like, I think we should do this at another location. Hera's like, no, I say go for it. And he's like, Yurk, because you're a hologram. You're a hologram. <laughs> because you're a hologram. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and he, he's, I just, I laughed really hard oh, when, when wonderful. that happened. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, back on Corellia, Ahsoka and Hera are brought to the control center, uh, and Hera sees a hyperdrive core refurbished from an SSD, uh, which I love is a super star, star destroyer, I'm assuming, yep. um, which Weaver claims is for the New Republic. But once Weaver denies Hera more information, she pulls rank again and tries to attempt to force his hand. Uh, Ahsoka brings up the HK assassin droid, and a nearby protocol droid says that they saw one and that it's <laughs> departing on the transport carrying the hyperdrive core. Uh, and uh, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, do they not have um, what are those bolts that they would put on those droids? Uh, inhibitor chips. Inhibitor chips, right? Like they wouldn't have those sort of things on. The, I don't know. That's um, the Republic. They don't use that type of stuff, man. I guess. I guess, <laughs> but they are. They aren't the Republic. Anyways, well, um, this droid was though. That's right. What I'm saying this droid. Right. Leave, it, leave it, it to the protocol droid to follow protocol <laughs> and rat them out. The right. Yeah, that's why I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. um, so Hera orders the crew to stop the ship, but once they deny her, one of them shouts for the Empire, and they begin to attack. Uh, the two of them, Hera and Ahsoka, take the the crew out uh, and Ahsoka begins to chase the ship on foot. Uh, she's stopped by Merrick and another HK assassin droid. Uh, they spar but unfortunately Merrick escapes and they lose the hyperdrive core but thankfully Hera and especially Chopper managed to place a tracking device on the transport. So let's discuss this fight with Merrick. What an incredible duel. I think mm -hmm. this is so far with the most that we've seen of Merrick uh, between these two episodes. Darcy, who do you think they are? Uh, and what do you think, you know, uh, what did you think of this fight? Again, I don't know who they could be. I love the whole idea that it could be Beresafi. Uh, I also saw someone saying that it could be Ezra, which I thought was interesting. There's something to unpack there. That's but really the fact that we get so little of this character. They're either going to be impactful, like being a Beresafi or an Ezra or someone, someone we've seen before, like Quinlan Vos potentially, someone who is a, mm. a Jedi that has tampered with the dark side and wants to follow the order. They they maybe went fully that way. Or is this going to be someone for uh, like Sabine to get her moment and, and show that she is moving up the ranks, get a nice kill, and keep going on and fighting? Like I have no idea where it's going to go. It could go either way with the, how they're portraying it. Mm. The duel, I will say, was incredible. This is so some good. of the, the most fluid lightsaber f uh, fighting we've seen in a while. Like Between Ahsoka and, and Merrick, it was so great. And this, like, I was getting Sentai vibes from it, like very much Power Rangers fighting style with the, <laughs> the acrobatics. But sure. The more I watch it, the more I realize that's why I enjoy this fight, because it was a new style of fighting that we haven't seen so much in yeah. live action. Whereas in, in animated form, we saw so many different lightsaber styles that kind of, you know, you, you forget about it. But when it's done on this the live stage between two actors, there's some there's such a beauty to it. I love so it. So good. So good. There's a more tactical hand-to-hand -hand percent yeah. to it. And I think it, it works really well. Um, I'm on the basis that I think it could be someone important. I think the fight style in this moment kind of uh, looks, if you look at specific moments, it looks like they're, they, they know each other based on the way that they're fighting. Mm. Um, and I think that, that Barris Afi, I think, is, is the likeliest person. And I think it makes the most sense, given the fact that her path wasn't necessarily to go to the dark side, but she was definitely very, uh, had dark tendencies, if you will, right? Given the whole situation of, you know, causing, uh, you know, framing Ahsoka, causing her to then distrust the Jedi and leave uh, the the her her teachings. Um, you know, 
before before becoming a Jedi, uh, or a, an official Jedi Knight. So I don't know. I think I think um, in a lot of ways, it it would it would be the the perfect thing, uh, the perfect the perfect uh, character to have. Um, but that said, I don't know. It, it could be it could be anyone. We know there's no Inquisitors at this point, uh, right? Because because at, at I, I believe Kanan and, and Ahsoka were the ones that took out all the the Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, essentially, but in the finale of, of season two, um, so they're no longer a thing. So, but this is someone that obviously has built their blade and and their their saber to kind of emulate that, or who knows if or just agent... stolen them from them, right? Exactly. That's yeah. that's what I'm saying. It just it might make sense that there is there is something there. What if it's Riva though? Riva, that would be crazy. <laughs> she'd be. I don't know how old she'd be. Yeah, it could work. I mean, She'd be forty something, probably yeah. in her fifties. I yeah. don't know. Space, she keeps up space with the cardio. I'm sure she could. She could pull that off. Justin, were you joking off air? One, you think you said it could be Jason Sandula? <laughs> was it you that said that? I can't remember. <laughs> I, I think I think I might have joked, about it, but I don't think he acknowledged it. It's but. like it's like wow, Hera really has no idea what's what's going on with her son. Um, <laughs> I think this third act really kicked the episode into high gear. I do want to just touch upon the Barisafi theory for one second. But just before I do, though, um, yeah, the fight, dude. So good. So kinetic. Um, I loved when they both destroyed the droid as if it's just a casualty. Like, they're like just to continue the fight, they're like, oh, their sabers both go through the droid at the same time. Uh, and the no-look dodge with Ahsoka at, at the, the end. end. Yeah. Freaking so badass! It was the coolest thing I think we've I've ever seen Ahsoka. her do. It was very Ahsoka, and then even Kevin Kiner's music in this uh, moment when she's stopped uh, by Merrick. There's a bit. There's a very subtle for like three seconds. A duel of the fates, like like uh, it's like a da 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 da, and I'm just like, yo, let's go. Um, and then I I think as far as Barris Offy, it was confirmed. That she died on Felucia during Order 66. However, in the words of the great Emperor Palpatine, the dark side is a gateway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What if Afi was brought back from the dead by Morgan Elspeth? Right? We know that that's something they can do. That's a night sister thing. Right? That's a very night sister thing. Uh, and I know it would throw the idea that that you know they're a conduit for the son, you know that she's a conduit or that Merrick is a conduit for the son of Mortis. I know that would kind of throw it off if if it's Barris, but I would be so okay with that if it's if we're getting like almost like an undead force zombie in a way. I don't know. Maybe that's going a little too far with things, but. I think it'd be pretty crazy. I like the idea that it's Jason Sandula. <laughs> now, now your joke has become a reality. Yeah, yeah. Herod, that's why she doesn't say anything about it. She's so upset. Um, but someone that was saying a lot in this episode was Chopper. Uh, Dave Filoni confirmed Chopper's voice yet again. Uh, and I think they're doing it in a more talkative way, right? Like, he definitely says, did you go through my stuff? Yes. Right? Yeah, and yeah. And he says, I got it. And like... Yeah. Oh, how can you not smile with Chopper? Like, just yeah. give us a Chopper so miniseries, dudes. Come on, please. Make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, okay, sorry, I'm rambling here. Back at the tower, Sabine reunites with her past uh, self as she puts on her Mandalorian armor, and ceremoniously, she cuts her hair. We see that Min Weaver and his crew, uh, yeah, they were all still loyal to the uh, Empire, uh, and now they've been arrested. Uh, then Sabine calms in and tells Ahsoka... 
she's ready uh, in a very epic moment. Uh, we then get to, we get a moment where Sabine uh, takes one long look at the mural of her, I'm going to say, family. Uh, and she turns around, and in the beautiful sunset of Lothal, uh, she joins Ahsoka. Hu Yang informs them that the transport that, uh, that, that they got the tracker on was traced to the Denab, Denab system uh, and remains in orbit around the, around the planet Cetos. Uh, Ahsoka and Sabine immediately take to the stars, and Ahsoka says, Take us out, Padawan, as Sabine Wren is now again under her instruction. So... Uh, really quickly, going back to the moment of Sabine looking at the mural, I wanted to ask both of you, and feel free either of you to chime in, is is this the scene from the finale of Rebels, or is it meant to pay homage to that moment, and, and maybe that moment in Rebels was the first time that Ahsoka began her training uh, sorry, Sabine began her training with Ahsoka. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to ask here? <laughs> no, I understand. It's like, are we seeing the moment that we saw already in animation now, again, as live action? So are they actually the same moments yeah. that are just repeating? I Like, I was under the impression, too, because there's so much that is, like, to a T, the exact the same. finger but tap I, I, I on, on Ezra's face, right? No, like, just even her her entrance into the room was yeah. the yeah. exact same from Rebels. Exact same. Yeah. The fact that the mural was in this tower already at that point too, where we just saw it, like the unveiling of it at the beginning so of the So maybe, series, I, I, I'm wondering mm. if the the moment that we saw in Rebels is this moment. Yeah. Is this moment of of time have having passed? And I think, you know, almost in a way, as Filoni wrote, maybe probably or, or put together the ending, he sort of interjected as a scene of this is how she is going to become her her Padawan, right? And and sort of like now he's 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 able to bring that to life, right? And I think, you know, that's I, I, if it is, then it, you know, kudos to to planting that seed and seeing it too because everything from shot to shot like people broke it down already like they're except like, they're, for certain accessories yes like ahsoka oh. doesn't have her lightsabers she has the mm-hmm. staff in the in the animated one in the animated yeah. one and then in the animated sabine doesn't have ezra's lightsaber she still has her, her two blasters on her yep head, sabine's so. also wearing the helmet when she walks back she in that puts moment it on and then, right she put, yeah she puts it on and then goes the yeah, entrance right. of that room in the because i rewatched the animated one as well where it's all destroyed and here it's all clean. So, like, I, I, I go back and forth on what I, what I do or do not believe. Um, but in the original, Sabine does say, uh, she says, but one day I realized there was something else I was meant to do. But one day. And so in my mind, I feel like that could very much mean that we've caught up to the one day uh, that she that was that we saw back in that finale, um, and it maybe short enough if that's the case. Maybe I, again, she didn't but, get close <laughs> enough to the, the scalp there. But again, we're name. like this is the thing where it's like, are, you know, I'm sure it's hopefully Filoni will one day grace us with the actual answer to was that moment this or that. Uh, probably a fan's going to bring it up, but um, but I mean, regardless, either way, it's a beautiful homage if it's an mm-hmm. homage, mm-hmm. Uh, and if it's a recreation, it's a beautiful recreation, and it's. If 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 it is yeah, very so much like like oh, yeah. Filoni had this plan all along back from the finale of Rebels to be like one day we're gonna do an Ahsoka series and I'm gonna interject this scene, awesome, very cool. I don't you know. No, but you know how like but like you know how that ending feels like a, a um what do they call that after the ending? It's an epilogue. It an is, epilogue. It's, called, yes. it's referred to as Sabine's epilogue as well. Yes, mm-hmm. perfect. So you know what I mean? Like as an epilogue, you sort of spit out some ideas of like 
what happens next for these fut- the future of these characters right. and it's it's non not necessarily so concise or so direct there's just looseness as to like what what would happen and i'm wondering if that's why we got some of those elements at the end of rebels in a way to say that there's there's a place for these characters in future stories and now to your point he's catching up to the point where he can tell those stories right because it seems strange if you're going to say it's in canon and then you're just recreating the moment again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like it happened before and it happened here. Like I can I could forgive like, oh, she has a staff or the accessories are different because at a time you don't know what you're really going to tell, what that story is going to look like. The point is that this is a integral moment of maybe that what it was. They're going to find Ezra. This is essentially them going to find Ezra, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess my big thing about the accessories is that we knew how close Sabine was to Ezra at that point and that she had Ezra's lightsaber after he disappeared. So her wearing it on her waist wouldn't necessarily make us all think, oh, she's a Padawan in Rebels. It would just be like, oh, she's going to go find Rebel uh, Ezra and take his lightsaber back to him. That's kind of like the mission sure, symbolization. Sure. So the fact that there's that's not there makes me think this is just a, like a, a an homage to it in a very on-the-point and on-the-nose way because... Mm. Like maybe that, like Nate said, that was the first time she was stepping away to become a, the the Padawan, mm-hmm. and now we're seeing her return to her journey in the same way that apparently kicked off, which we didn't know about. So I don't know. I'm all I'm all for you either know, or. I, yeah. Either or. I just hope that we do get confirmation. I guess for that sure. that would be. Well, the it's cool that we're talking about it. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, it's enough people online. Point. Enough people online too have been talking about it as well, just for how direct it was. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I wasn't. You know, we we're not the only ones that when we watched it you know, uh, last week we were thinking the same thing. It's just like, why is it so literal uh, with it? And when we saw it in the trailers, we we assumed they were flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We assumed they were flashbacks. So at the end of the day, you know, it's it's clear now that they're not. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, does it, you know, does it really matter? You're probably right. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there there's also, um, you know, Filoni really, loves to uh, reference how much he's inspired by Tolkien. Uh, and, you know, we've got Ahsoka in the white uh, in that first, yeah, in the no, in the yeah. animated, and then Ahsoka the gray in the live action. So Taking a step back. Correct, exactly. Wow. But that's what I, but no, but that's what I mean, Darcy, is that, like, we're seeing Ahsoka in a moment in her life where maybe she doesn't feel like she should be wearing mm. a white robe. Right. Whereas back then... She's a bit gray. Back then, yeah. maybe she was very much like, okay, I'm going to rock this white robe because I'm a... Silver fox. You know, yes. I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, let's keep going here um, to the the final part of the episode. We, we see uh, the final hyperdrive core being added to the i want to oh every time i want to say the eye of sauron uh especially with all the <laughs> tolkien talk um we see the final hyper hyperdrive core being added to the eye of sion uh as morgan addresses balin shin and merrick balin worries uh, about ahsoka and saying she is coming uh and that to kill her would be a shame morgan responds by saying sentimental and he responds with one word truth so for the final question here, before we get to our predictions and our wrap-up, uh, what is the Eye of Scion? And um, I guess we kind of know. Uh, <laughs> we've talked about that. It's a ship. Um, but, um, you know, do you think Balin is going to stay loyal to Morgan Elsbeth in all this? Well, I, again, as I was mentioning before, the, the, the fact that it's called the Eye of Scion and, you know, there's character named Darth Sion, you know, the the painkiller uh from from Knights of the Old Republic. You know, there 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 might be a sense of lore and mythology attached to 
all of this right. uh, that is steeped in that, and hence why they're calling it the Eye of Zion, is, uh, Eye of Sion, is that it takes them to a place, sort of like almost like the, the concept. I know it's a little ho- hokey, but like the third eye, the place that you, you, you know you, you you can't see, right, right, yeah. and the, and, the, and the sense of 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 interconnectivity, and I think that. Again, that that is the way that they're going to get us to this gateway or or open this gateway between uh, galaxies, so that we we can see purgles because we know they're coming. We know that they're coming mm-hmm. at some point. I just want to see a which purgle. is going to be yeah, it's going to be amazing to see it in live action because even in the clips in the promo, it looks fantastic. Right? We got a little bit of a tease of them in in Mando. Uh, yeah. with with little Grogu scene, but like I'm seeing like like actual you know live action versions, not just immersive you know sort of like elusive into in the in the uh, you know hyper hyperspace side of things, <laughs> yeah. right? We're seeing like actual like whales in space. It's going to be phenomenal. It's be dope. Um, but yeah, I think that that it's it's to to your point of what you were saying as well too about with Balin, uh, is he going to stay true? I, again, I think that this is a, a a classic sort of Game of Thrones mutually beneficial relationship mm-hmm. and one of them is going to get the upper hand and take the other one out Oof. i don't know i'm thinking it's going to be morgan who's going to bite the dust in mm-hmm. all honesty interesting, mm-hmm. interesting. Well, especially because i mean the ship that she's standing on is where we've seen the thrawn turning thrawn around walks, in the trailer yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. on that bridge of that ship which i gotta say is making me think of prequel like that's the the hyperdrive rings that Anakin and Obi Wan had to yeah, use their Star Wars, but like a much bigger version of a, it, right? A massive version to go farther. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, that's that. immediately what I thought. I so I thought that. that was cool. Yeah, I don't. I definitely think that that again, this relationship is tenuous between the the two groups. And once they get to the other side of this this journey, I think it's all up in the air as to how it could, how it could play out. Well, and I love that Morgan says the the final hyperdrive, which means there's more than one. And then I I went back and I looked at the ring. And you can count like nine of them. Yeah. Which, like, if, dude, if one hyperdrive lets you like to travel like vast distances of space, nine hyperdrives. That's gonna rip a hole through space and time. That's man. insane. It's going to. That's so. Yeah. That's so nuts. And I, I, I think, yeah, I think that allowing you to see uh, into maybe the past or the future through the eye of Sauron. Um <laughs> but just, just keep t- mentioning the eye just popped up like the high yeah. republic that's what they called the the leader of the bad guys the nihil was the eye of the storm and Okay. You, uh, going back to that sorry that just that's popped okay. in my head you mentioned it the popped eye in your so head like times. a third eye. Another another <laughs> name reference that could be connected to something so. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think it's again we know Filoni again is no stranger to being like, well, you know, I was reading this the other day or rereading most likely uh, this book the <laughs> other day. And uh, and I want to put that in this into into canon. Um, yeah. As for Balin. Yeah, he's definitely going to uh, betray Morgan. Um, I think I think that there there's uh, I, I, he, he seems like he doesn't want any more Jedi blood spilled uh, at all whether they're against him or or for his cause. Um, and we do see in the trailer he does go up against Ahsoka, but I think at the end of the day, I think he's going to... Um, I think he's actually going to sacrifice uh, himself. Um, and I think that he's going to start to have some realization that he's making similar mistakes to the Jedi, um, you know, that the Jedi made during the Clone Wars, which he would have grown up through, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think he's he might start to see, like, oh, shoot, like, I'm just as naive as they are for as, as smart and as much wisdom as I believe I have. Um, so I, I get that feeling, that sense that he's going to, 
he's going to see the light uh, and maybe be a little less dark. I feel like the, no, I feel like that's why he's just not on the, like no, not so on board with Morgan is because he doesn't want to be a pawn like the Jedi were to the the yes, Republic. Totally. So, but I think I think I think he doesn't want from. to. But I think he absolutely no. But I think the difference is, is that he he has his he has to know how much he's giving and how much he's taking. Right. right. Like the difference is is that you know the Jedi were naive. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, he's not. Mm. He's definitely not. And I think that he is set in his ways. And I think he has a respect for Ahsoka because he knows where she comes from. Because as, as you know, uh, uh, we learned last episode, you know, uh, Balin w- built his saber at the Jedi Temple. Right. Right. And Hu Yang knows who he is. Yeah. Uh, so there is there is a sense of him having an appreciation for his roots. But I think he like to your point, as you were mentioning before, Nate, he doesn't agree with the way the Jedi perceived things and handled things very dooku in, in a lot of ways mm. um so I, I would be interested to see i don't think he's going to sacrifice himself and i know we're kind of getting into predictions here yeah. but i do think that the confrontation that we've seen in the in the marketing material will happen next episode um watching it i, I watched a, a trailer came up while, while i was waiting for a youtube video and sure enough, I saw those scenes again in the in the marketing, and it's clear that it's happening on that ridge on Cetos, on Cetos, yeah. where where the map. So they're actually surrounded by the map. I, I, for all this time, you know, I was thinking that it was uh, the uh, world between worlds where they were going to confront each other. Um, but it it seems like now you can see rock structures and stuff in the background that he activates the map or she must activate the map and then confronts right. them. And she's catching up uh, to him in the next episode. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm pretty sure. And I don't think that that'll be the end of it. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the fact that you mentioned that the fight happens on CTOS. I also think that next episode we will see Pergils because when they, we saw them in the trailer, they're flying through a very cloudy area mm-hmm. and you see the Pergil kind of come through the clouds beside them, which is again, I'm pretty sure we saw them in this. We got to go back to see how the high you were. In the, in the sky. <laughs> well, yeah. you were watching. I was them. very high, but I, I watched it multiple times. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, listen. That I know. Like this whole thing is predictions. But we still have a prediction segment because, damn it, I want to have a cheesy prediction segment. So this is our. That brings us to our prediction segment of the episode, uh, which which I like to call "I Want to Know What's Gonna Happen Next." Oh. Uh, so Darcy, I want to know. Tano, I want Tano. No, what's gonna happen next? <laughs> We're gonna see Pergles uh, in the next episode. I mean, that's really all I can say because this, what they're diving into in the greater picture of the story, is so unknown in terms of Star Wars, so unexplored. It's hard for me to be like, oh, it's gonna be this because I don't know what's on the other end of that that star bridge or whatever you're gonna call it. But yeah. I cannot wait to find out. I do know this confrontation is gonna happen though, like Justin said, like the. Next episode is probably going to be just as juicy as this one, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Delicious. We're going to spend another hour and a bit talking about it. Um, (laughs) I've given all my predictions throughout this this episode. You know, I I think that Merrick is going to matter to to Ahsoka, and it makes sense to do that, Um, especially given again from the marketing material. It seems like the two of them do really go at it uh, at one point in in this uh, at some point in this series. Uh, outside, at least twice in the marketing material. So we've only seen one mm-hmm. in this episode, and I think it'll it'll it's going to happen again. Maybe next episode, maybe the episode after, based on on again the environment that they're they're fighting in. Um, but yeah, I I think that uh, Purgles are are bound to happen. I'm wondering if Purgles will be the episode after. Uh, in my opinion, I think it could be, and I think that this is them definitely catching up and confronting 
their threat. Um, and maybe not everybody makes it out. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Okay. Uh, it seems so early to be calling that you know someone's death, um, but you know I think I think something's going to happen here uh, that's going to be in, in, intense because I know Shinhati is going to definitely go one on one with uh, with Sabine with Sabine yeah. at some point. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to be interesting. Um, so, uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot of speculation. So I, I've got like a medium level speculation and then I've got a large speculation that's a little more broad. But my medium level speculation is I think it is possible that the Master and Apprentice could potentially not be so much Sabine and Ahsoka, but maybe Sabine and Morgan. Uh, I'm wondering if very much like a Palpatine-esque style uh, if we get sort of a repeat there where maybe Morgan sort of promises Sabine the power that she's unable to achieve uh, through the Force. And I'm wondering if if maybe there's... I'm not saying it absolutely will happen, but I'm wondering if there will be at some point a temptation for Sabine to maybe be like, should I consider becoming a Night Sister? Look at the power that that Morgan has that she's promising me or, or what have you. I mean, we've got eight episodes to go through. So, uh, you know, what, as you said, Darcy, once we get to the other side of this thing, who knows what all these characters are going to be doing, right? And just to sort of think about the long game of, of someone like Morgan Elspeth, you know, does she maybe, you know, she's, she's using uh, the, the, the three of them and maybe, maybe Sabine is, there's something important about her. She's the one that actually unlocked the map. Like, why wouldn't Morgan you know, know how to unlock the map, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think she, I, I think she knew how to unlock the map. I just don't think she got to the map in time. Darcy's uh, so, I, being happy. I may like have been chopper. a bad podcast guest, but I just went back on my phone here and pulled up the scene where uh, you do see a purple. Really? In the sky. Okay. In the clouds. No, that's amazing. Yeah. We got confirmation. Right when, just after Balin places the map on the pedestal. Okay, cool. Then the camera pans up to the clouds, and right before it cuts back to his face, yeah. you see a purple breach through the one cloud. Well, there you go. Very distantly. Okay, I love oh. it. I love it. Um, Chills. Oh, I like it when I remember <laughs> things right. You got it. Um, I think, other than like the dark magic stuff with Sabine as like a medium level prediction, my broader prediction is that this whole thing is leading to potentially getting stuck in the other galaxy. So by the end of this series, we aren't coming back to the Star Wars galaxy we know. I think it could, overall, this show could potentially start to split Star Wars as we know it into two Mm -hmm. separate overarching stories that still in some way connect to each other, obviously with these characters. But I think there's so many story opportunities with this distant galaxy. um, And I think there's so much room left uh, between where we are and the events of The Force Awakens so I think we're going to be spending a lot more time in this Filoni verse of characters because, like you were saying, Darcy, the movies that have been announced already—at least two of them—really are going to deal with a lot of the stuff that we're mm-hmm. sort of getting set up here. And I don't think that we see further into the future, um, obviously, until Episode—I uh, guess what um, uh, ten if you will, of the, the Charmaine uh, Obeyed Chinois. I don't know if they're going to call it episode 10, but but the movie involving Ray, you know, we're not going to get that for what? I'm going to say like, what, four, five years, I'm assuming? It's still a ways, I'm right? sure, probably. So, so we've got to have some stuff in the interim, and I think that's exactly what they're looking at Filoni to craft right now. That's my, anyways, I know that's mm-hmm. a bit sort of like a, yeah, maybe, probably, obviously. Uh, let's get to our overall thoughts and final score. Uh, for this episode, we're going to be rating this uh, episode on a scale of one to five 
chopper trackers. Uh, and Justin, we're going to have you go first. Yeah, uh, this is a, a great follow-up to part to, uh, part one. I think that, it, again, it continues the intrigue and mystery, um, and, and it you know d- dives deeper into elements of, of each of these characters' past. Um, as we pointed out, it, it wasn't all very thoughtful, uh, you know, you have a moment with, with Sabine and Huyang that's that's really meaningful, but then you have a very forced moment with Hera and Ahsoka as they're interim, you know, getting to a a place during a mission. It, it just felt really odd, clunky. Um, so I, I hope I hope that we we get a little bit more of a better placement for these moments within within the narrative that makes sense, rather than uh, to your point, Darcy, as we were talking about it, you know, being expositional dumps because uh, I, I do think that there's something there's there's a beauty in not having to always see everything that's happened uh in the past but having a sense of understanding emotionally how it's affected people and i think that's that's uh, very relevant for like characters like sabine uh, uh ahsoka and Hera, given the fact of of what we know uh from from rebels and what we also haven't seen in between rebels and and now um you know again that said i think the 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 it continues a lot of the same elements as part one, you know, outstanding production, great choreography. We got more lightsaber duels. Uh, you know, we got some, some, some funny little moments as well. Uh, so it was, it was great, but I think this, this will definitely, again, it could be this, this episode could be scored higher depending on how everything else kind of comes together. But for now, I'm going to temper my expectations and I'm, I'm going to be giving this a four out of five chopper trackers. Nice. There you go. Excellent. Yeah. Darcy, how about yourself? I mean, I've again strong follow up to part one. I, I'm having a lot of the same, you know, excitement coming off of this the second episode as I did the first one, even more so because we're starting to again peel back the layers of where where we're going to be going, which is beyond any galaxy we've known before, and what we could find there is is older than anything we've ever known. So that's very intriguing to me, and I love how we're we're going to be exploring that through both sides of the force with you know. Night Sisters and and Balin kind of representing the dark side, and then Ahsoka and Sabine representing more the light side. I think it's really neat to again explore history through these two lenses that we already know so well. So I'm I can't wait to see that. Um, again, the fighting was great. The only thing that I had an issue with was some of that forced dialogue and, and out of place, um, you know, exposition exposition dumps again, where we might have gotten this all in one flashback, but they're breaking it up over six or seven forced conversations in, in weird places. I'm not sure if I'll, I'll really, you know, yeah. Resonate with that story. If that's the only way we're getting it. So a mix of the two would be ideal, I think. So hopefully down the road, we will see something that will shed a lot of light while not giving us all the answers. Cause I, I think that a bit of visual would be nice to see. Uh, but on that note, I'll be giving this one a solid 4.5 uh, out of five chopper trackers. If only for that extra 0.5 over Justin, because chopper being, absolutely awesome chopper, this episode. Chopper. more chopper please oh, all the chopper just give us a chopper episode like a, i want a chopper like episode. a bottle episode of chopper. a bottleneck <laughs> episode of just chopper where he Whoa. gets stuck on a ship or something like that yeah. that'd be great i, I would and love all that. you hear is like, it's people calming into him being like where are you chopper we need this right now and, it's and then i want to see him i want to see him like steal someone's gun and steal someone else's gun and just come rolling <laughs> just through <laughs> shooting everyone Amazing. like going crazy and i'm <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think uh, that would be amazing. Um, I think this episode dropped a bit of the grandiose uh, pomp 
that you need in a premiere episode. Uh, and they went with a few more like sort of smaller moments. Um, I think that being said, though, the setup we got from those smaller moments gave us a ton to chew on and speculate, as mm-hmm. you can tell by the runtime of this episode uh, of Watch Club. Um, I think I, I, I think, you know, the third act is where this episode shines. Um, the fight with Ahsoka and Merrick was so badass. And yeah, Darcy Chopper was the MVP in this episode for sure. Um, the, the, the chills that I felt going back to see the, the maybe recreation slash homage, uh, of that sequence from Rebels, uh, with the mural, I think it was fantastic. And it just shows you just sort of how, how detailed they are in connecting this to the broader story, uh, you know, from Rebels. Uh, I think the overarching story, um, is set up really well. Uh, but like both of you were saying, I think the pacing and the structure of this episode, there were moments there was a little bit of backtracking uh, going on uh, that felt a little unnecessary. Just a, a sequence where two characters shared a dialogue for maybe f- like 10, 15 seconds and then cut away and then cut back to that moment. I just I thought it was a little unnecessary. I don't know if we needed necessarily to be jumping around so much. Um, and I think some of that dialogue is a little stinted, I think, especially that sequence that you're referring to. Where and I noticed it so much more on on like my third <laughs> rewatch, but with with Hera and Sabine on that, uh, you know, as they're getting that tour, it's just Ahsoka. very sorry, uh, Hera and Ahsoka as they're getting that tour, it's very, they're just very much like here's a line and then there's pause and then here's a line and then there's pause and it's very slow and dramatic for like I'm like wouldn't you need to yell? Like, you're in a loud factory, and they're talking so yeah. quietly. I don't and know. And wind whipping by. Yeah. What's funny, though, too, is that it really wasn't actually an essential conversation. They weren't talking about anything we didn't already experience. Correct. Right? Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. they just reminiscing. Like, so how did... Like, Hera's like, how did it go? Yeah. Like, it seemed to work well with, with Sabine. He's like, mm, you know, Sabine, like, she's she's so difficult, <laughs> right? Well, you know, you're you're also difficult. Yeah. I, I know I can be difficult, but she's a different they kind of difficult. They could have planted it this scene... Like, they could have planted yeah. this scene uh, as as the uh, people... They're flying! Sure, no, but... <laughs> or, or like, as the, as the, the, the you know, uh, when... What is the name? Weaver, Min Weaver, was getting arrested... They could have wrapped up that part of the conversation, and then Hera could have turned to her and had this exact same conversation. It wouldn't have; it would have felt just as forced, but it wouldn't have felt out of out of place as much. Out of place, I guess. Right? Yeah. So we've dealt with that. Now back to the original. Correct. Problem. Yeah, but also given the fact that she would be leaving at that point, yeah. and she is going to go follow up with Sabine, yeah. it would be like, listen, give her a shot, give it another go. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't know. Because you think you know something doesn't mean it's going to happen, yeah. right? Like, I don't well, know. especially because just... the fact that that would have also been more like. There be more, would almost resonate more with her going on the ship and then immediately getting that hollow call from Sabine sure. with the armor on and everything. They'd be like, "Oh, so Hera knew she she was going to come around eventually. Exactly. Why not go back and give her that shot?" Yeah, that you, you solved it, Nate. You solved the problem. I fixed it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Call me Feloni. I, I can. I'll help you out. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I think uh, overall, though, this episode uh, is, as you mentioned, a great follow up to part one. Uh, I think it does so much good stuff with setup, and I do think its third act is the shiniest, best part, uh, and a 
lot of that has to do with Chopper. Um, so I'm going to give part two a solid four out of five Chopper trackers. Uh, but that is it for this part two episode of Watch Club for Star Wars Ahsoka. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows like Star Wars Ahsoka that we cover here in Watch Club, well, let me just use my comms to reach Justin uh, with my fresh haircut to tell him I'm ready so that he can tell you how to reach us. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they reach out to us on the app formerly known as Twitter at GeekCentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric and on threads as well at WeAreGeekCentric. I love the commitment to not call it X. Let's, uh, let's keep I it just, going. It's so weird. He's, I hate it. It feels like we're giving it's in to so his wishes strange. and I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> the the Emperor Elon. Um, okay. Uh, also, join our Discord. It is, it's, it's, it's happening. It's happening. Uh, you know, the people are in there jumping uh they're they're jumping uh what did we say earlier they're jumping exposition um you can keep up with this watch club uh and you can share your theories directly with us uh by joining through the link in our description we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest you know shows and movies uh including our recent spoiler free reviews for maybe some things you missed like only murders in the building season three uh teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem go see that movie uh haunted mansion christopher nolan's oppenheimer and the bear season two we also have a ton of great interviews out now like our most recent interview with the cast and showrunner of foundation now in its second season on apple tv plus and we have a ton of interviews that you can go back and watch with all sorts of star wars folks like the cast of andor katie sackoff who plays bo katan in the mandalorian uh we've got an interview with the director one of the directors of the mandalorian and he's going to be directing one of these episodes of of ahsoka if i'm not mistaken rick famuyua um, we also have a, a, t- a conversation with Hayden Christensen, uh, Anakin Skywalker himself, who might show up, uh, as well as many, many more. So you can check those uh, out here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Um, also, I'm back on streaming. You can catch me streaming some games. I had my my you know comeback stream. It was a lot of fun. We had some giveaways. We, we played some games. Uh, and uh, yeah, if you want to keep the geeky conversation going over there uh, at twitch.tv slash NatePlaysGames, join me. Join the Discord to see when I'm going live. Uh, and there's just going to be so much more to talk about as the hot geek summer continues. We, uh, as of, uh, you know, right now, if you're listening to this, we are at Fan Expo. Uh, in Toronto. And so, you know, if you're listening to this, maybe on the way to Fan Expo or you're at Fan Expo already, feel free to, you know, if you see us, say hi. Um, if you don't know what we look like, um, uh, follow us on socials and you will <laughs> check out our YouTube and you will. Uh, and then come say hi uh, because we would love to catch up with you. Uh, and you're going to see our coverage from Fan Expo on our socials. So make sure you subscribe to see what we get up to. Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this part two of Star Wars Ahsoka Watch Club, and as we say, we we are are no Jedi. Jedi.